City fans for Kansas City fans. My name's Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we're here to bring you a recap of all things sporting Kansas City for the better part of the last two weeks when you think about it. But more importantly, my buddy Armando's back on with the, or back on the podcast with me today, which I'm super excited about because it's it's been a minute. He came through Kansas City last week, said hi. We had our amazing uh up down tournament of champions through different sports or <laughs> yeah. call it. <laughs> yeah, for, for anybody that follows us on Instagram and if you don't follow us at, at Fountain City SM, um, we put on like fifty six stories. I I woke up the uh, the next day and I was like, what did we do last <laughs> night? I'll just look at all the stories we put. Oh my god. It was it was a blast though. I mean we played ski ball and then we obviously played our traditional like like for the those that don't know any time that i'm in kansas city even when we live there we always went to uptown like it was it was it's a tradition that every time that i see reese in kansas city we go to uptown and we always play madden we always play nba on nbc we always play time crisis and it was amazing we had a good time we brought the wives as well we we all owned on some simpsons oh yeah we did and it Dude, we, oh, it was wonderful, we, man. We killed. We, we crushed so many PBRs. Oh yeah, dude. Just you know, it was it was such a good night. I mean, we beat a Simpsons arcade cabinet where the Homer character couldn't move backwards. Oh yeah. <laughs> we had to strategically like have him face forward and not like move too far to the right because otherwise, unless he got knocked backwards, we couldn't get him to the other side. I was of the like, screen. Reese, don't move, don't move. Or then, or then someone would hit you, and then you would just jump to the right side of the screen, and then you'd be screwed for that entire level. And then we'd have a boss and like my wife's never played simpsons i don't think noelle's ever played simpsons and i'm me over here like come on let's go and i like grab the skateboard from bart i mean it was it was wild it was it was a lot of fun though yeah it was, it was a very tactical simpsons game so i'm very proud of that very proud of that so speaking of which uh, just some quick shout out stuff armando got to find us on twitter and instagram at fountain city sm you can find us on facebook at fountain city sm and you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com backslash FCSM, where you'll find exclusive content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Now, why was Armando in Kansas City last week, you may ask? Well, if you listened to our last week's episode, you would know he was on his way out to Cooperstown, New York. And guess what? He made it out to Cooperstown, New York. Here I am, Cooperstown, New York. I'm sitting at the Glimmerglass Festival this year. Uh, I don't know if there's any tickets left, but uh, at some point, y'all should come to Glimmerglass. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's a really beautiful place. Reese was there, I don't know, maybe five years ago, was it already now? Yeah, or? time flies. Yeah, Jeepers. probably five years now. So yeah, we, we've both, uh, and Kyle as well, uh, Miracle on 23rd Street or whatever his name is on this podcast. <laughs> uh, he's also been a Glimmerglass. Anyway, it's really cool out here in Cooperstown. I'll probably get to hit up the Baseball Hall of Fame in like two weeks i'm gonna go see a friend next week on my day off but yeah man i'm super stoked just just got a gym membership at the clark sports center which is legit really expensive but totally worth it oh you go to the real fitness center that's like outside of town you're not going to like the curves for women gym that's like in the community center (laughs) what there's like curves for women's uh, here in like richfield heights or something it's wait richfield heights where are you at no, so I'm like in Glimmerglass, but but I'm at the festival, obviously, which is for those who don't know, is outside of Glimmerglass. Uh, but Richfield Heights is is closer to where I'm staying in like my oh. dorm thingy than like Cooperstown. Cooperstown. Oh, do they put you up in Lime Kiln? 
And no, I'm actually at Malton. Malton Place is the like fake motel or the motel that Glimmerglass bought. It's really? just it's like right by the center. Yeah. Anyway, oh. But but what? Wait. So you got a gym membership at Curves for Women? So it, it's not a Curves when we like we jokingly like everybody referred to it as the Curves Woman because it was like it's this super sweet like adorable fitness center adjacent thing that's like in the old school that's not a school anymore and it's like two and a half rooms and like one room had like four treadmills two matter two stationary bikes and like a bow flex so like i i did two, <laughs> oh, okay then i did I two summers with the bow flex that's like all i had nice, dude. and they had like two dumbbells that you could adjust you know from five pounds to 50 pounds and then they had like another okay. room where you, like it was just big enough to do like you know tybo with the the dvd player they had you know and the best part was though it, it was super cheap it was like oh man it was like 50 bucks for three months you know so oh and, and being dude, walking i'm distance, not even gonna tell you how much i'm paying right now per month it's outrageous but I, th I think i know where you're where you're actually working out at and that's a really nice fitness center uh yeah it's it's super nice they actually have a golf simulator but you have oh. to pay extra for it but like they have a golf simulator in the basement and they also have a bowling alley which is super cheap it's like two dollars per game so i mean yeah so there's that that's incredible well i mean you'll be lowering your stroke on your golf game i didn't set any prs using the bow flex that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> it oh. probably helped your uh, frisbee golf game though getting those getting those tries baby Fr frisbee golf game is looking pretty good uh i don't want to call out kyle neg on frisbee golf right now because i've i've seen his instagram story he's been disking it up up in des moines he's he's probably got some game right now so uh, i'm gonna stay away from that but more importantly <laughs> we got some soccer to talk about we got some mls Let's talk about it baby MLS I'm, uh, dude i'm fired i'm fired up bro i'm so fired up well, for those of you who remember, we had three upcoming matches against Colorado Rapids, LAFC, and at LA Galaxy. And I think we talked about it, and I said, I would like us to get four points out of it. And I think yep. I saw four. What, what did you predict out of those three? I think I did a win. No, I think I did a win in two losses. I think I only said three points we got out of it, because I didn't think that we would even get LAFC. No, I didn't think so either. I thought... I thought, well, no, I did. I thought I thought we could tie LAFC and we'd probably drop on the road to a Galaxy oh, maybe team. Maybe I did say tie. Yeah, you're right. Nah, it's 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 watering the bridge right now because spoiler alert, we got nine points out of those three matches, which Freaking catapulted sweep. us. Oh my gosh, we're, we're first in the West now. We're first in the West. And Galaxy without Polito. Galaxy without Polito. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. They didn't have Chicharito. I know. They they were saying you know Chicharito wasn't playing. And I said, no, 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 Chicharito was fine to play. He just didn't want to tie his laces knowing that Polito was waiting on the other side for him. So when Chicharito took the night off, Polito's like, you know what? I'm going to kick it tonight, too. I'm just a flex on y'all. I'm not even worried. <laughs> they made it seem like a bigger Whoops. deal than it was. So I, I'm going to do something fun for this match, and I haven't done it for a while. And I kind of broke this game down just by my notes. Like, I was watching, I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to take notes anytime anything of note happens, you know. And first thing of note was that we're greeted in the analyst booth by Joe, T sorry, by Joe Titino and Kobe Jones. Now, first off, Armando, do you know why it's such a big deal that Kobe Jones is in the analyst booth? Tell me, Reese. 
he's an LA Galaxy legend. When I saw him up there, that's the MLS equivalent of putting Troy Aikman in the box for Cowboys games or for Packers games. So for Cowboys games, you know, Aikman's always like, oh, this is my team. I'm not really rooting for him, but I'll just let you know that being a Hall of Fame quarterback from this team, I'm rooting for him. And whenever he's watching <laughs> Packers games, he's like, oh, there are our rivals in the 90s. You know, I was as good as Brett Favre was, but, you know, just so you know, I don't hate the Packers, but I hate the Packers. Now, thankfully... I think Kobe Jones called a better match than Troy Aikman does for football comparatively. What really threw me off though, right off the bat, was Joe Titino. First off, he's giving me these Fred Willard vibes. You know, Fred Willard, uh, you know, famous voice actor. He's been in a lot of films like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show. You know what I'm talking about? Sure, yeah, uh huh. So he's giving me these Fred Willard vibes, both in the way he's looking, like his, his haircut, and also in the way he's talking. He's like got these really weird vocal mannerisms that almost seem like he's doing a parody of a sports commentator and it kind of threw me off and I'm like okay this is kind of weird I'm looking at his outfit I love the fact that he's rocking an American flag pocket square on the 4th of July because that's that's what I want to see on the 4th of July but then he has this like pastel yellow tie with this like thin blue stripe going through it and I'm like <laughs> who let you on camera with a red white and blue pocket square Dude, God and, bless and a pastel America, yellow baby. tie so that's the one way Troy Aikman's got him. Those guys on Fox are some of the best dressed analysts for NFL Sunday, you know, compared trying to, to trying to show up the late great Craig Sager. Now, here's the thing. Where he was giving me the Fred Willard vibes in his look and in his mannerisms, the killing blow though was that from the very beginning, from the first time he said it in the pregame, he called our player, I'm looking forward to seeing what we have from Daniel Shallowe. Oh, you know, I also I also heard that. No, he said it wasn't shallow. Yeah, maybe it was shallowy, but I, I could have sworn I heard something else too. Oh man, I don't know, but yeah, you can tell like he didn't he didn't do his research on Shelley. Well, <laughs> then here's the thing: Kobe Jones, being the consummate professional he is, immediately when he agrees and says, "I look forward to seeing Shallowy," he pronounces it wrong on purpose as to not make the Tino look like a total. Putz. Oh no! He says, "I agree. I'm looking forward to seeing Daniel Shallowy," and he but he does it like slightly less egregious because you can tell he's kind of caught up. He's like, "Do I say it properly? Do I not make him look bad?" So he kept saying it, he kept saying it, he kept saying it. Finally, kickoff happens five minutes into the match. Kobe Jones is back to saying shallowy properly. Like he, okay, he, good, good. He snuck it in there. He thought we wouldn't notice, but we, we noticed. I mean, on, on ESPN, you can't you can't screw that stuff up. So he, Kobe Jones knew. <laughs> Kobe Jones is the boss. Most underrated U.S. men's national team player of all time, Kobe Jones. Oh, the hot takes, the hot takes. Here we go. I know. I honestly would argue that Kobe Jones was the first star level player for the U.S. men's national team. He was part of that resurgence back when they made the World Cup back in '94 yep. for the first time in like whatever it was, 20, 30 years. Yeah, we right. owe, we owe more to Kobe Jones than we let on. So, Kobe Jones standing aside. Moving on here. Oh, geez. So, as I mentioned, he says shallowy improperly to make Titino not look too bad, not feel too bad. He starts saying shallowy properly five minutes in, but then 30 seconds later, they're talking about how Kobe played on the national team with Peter Vermees. And Kobe Jones says, yeah, it was a great time playing with Peter Vermees. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Have we in Kansas City, not just FCSM, but Kansas City been pronouncing Peter Vermees name wrong this whole time? Because Kobe no, was his teammate. No, there's no way. He was his teammate, though. 
but but also like everyone in like sports media in Kansas City referred to Peter Vermees to Peter Vermees's face as Peter Vermees all the time. That's a good point. It's like, well, no, because you and I are good friends, but like pretend like it's a friend that you like Noah. Okay, this is actually a perfect example. <laughs> pretend. Okay, look, Noah's a good friend of, of mine. You know, I'm, I'm not as best friends as like you guys are, but say like six years down the road, you know, I'm I'm having a couple beers with someone like, hey, do you know Noah Metzger? And I'm like, yeah, I know Noah Metzger. You know, like maybe I, I might screw it up, you know? So yeah, I think that's more viable than like, this conspiracy that Peter's just letting us say his name wrong. Or maybe Kobe Jones is so intelligent, as is obvious from his play with the U.S. men's national team, that he was still thinking back to the shallowy thing. He's like, should I say this wrong? Maybe I should say Peter Vermees name wrong so it, like he doesn't look so bad for pronouncing a name wrong. And he said Peter Vermees. But Okay, I am, I am on the, the Wikipedia page and... Vermees, the the accent is on the Mies, so it okay. is Vermees, according okay. to Wikipedia. Wow. Wow. Okay, well, in that case, Kobe, I'm sorry. Let me but down. they also say uh, in, in IPA, which is the International Phonet- Phonetic Alphabet for Reese and I, who studied that for years, the way they put it on Wikipedia is Vermis. 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 They actually don't put the, the Z. Um, so it could be wrong. Who knows? Who knows? Well, the world may never know. But what we do know is, right out of the gate, the first thing that worried me in this game was the team speed of LA Galaxy. And oh, baby, they did their homework. Oh, my gosh. They set things up starting on the right side. Get used to hearing the name Samuel Granzier because, dude, he was a thorn in our side all 90 minutes. Yeah. He was. He made he made Mar- Martins look like a freaking tortoise the entire time. Oh. I mean that dude. Seventh minute. I be, I have it in my notes. Seventh minute. Twenty second minute. Thirty second minute. Fifty sixth minute. I mean he is always blowing past every defender. And I, yeah, during the first half of the game I, or the match, I was like, it's over. And I was like, oh, well, this this was fun because they got. so so many looks. I mean, they're like if someone would have told you in the minutes one through thirty that we won two nil, they probably would have laughed and said, "You're freaking crazy." You know, this match was almost a reverse of Sporting Kansas City, and I'll, I'll get to more of that later on down the line, and it will make sense. But I want to bring one more thing back into the uh, the analysis of this game, which I used to do, which I haven't done this season for some reason. And that's every 15 minutes, I like to score matches like I'm watching a boxing fight. So it's really so remember that like I'd kind of be like, okay, you know, in in boxing every round, you know, you you grade someone, it's usually 10 9 or 10 8 or occasionally 10 7, you know. So I wanted to say after the first 15 minutes, it was kind of uneventful. LA Galaxy came out a little bit hotter. They were at home, had a few more shot opportunities. I would say the first 15 minutes, I give a 10 9 grade to LA Galaxy. Would you agree? Oh, sure. I mean, I would even go further because we weren't getting any looks at all. I mean, most of the like highlights of the game, I would say it was 90% Galaxy, 10% us. I think we had like one corner Busio had, which wasn't even great at all. So I would say it was even worse. I'd, is it a, a 10 scale you were saying? So uh, let's say 10 to 7, I would, I would have put it at. Well, I'll let, you, I'll let you know. 10 to 7... 
is the equivalent of like when some guy gets sent to the canvas like twice in a round. Like he doesn't get knocked out, but he gets hit and he's he's on the ground. That's that's yeah. ten seven. Okay, well, so maybe so maybe ten to eight. I, I will amend it. But I'll, yeah, I'll, it I'll definitely didn't look too close. I'll take ten eight. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, it was in the second 15 minutes, though, going forward, that Samuel Granzier really started to put his influence on this match, and he just really killed us with multiple long runs from the center and from the right side of the field, and he just has the speed on the outside that kills our already slow defense, and it's also something we could really benefit for a speedster like him on our offensive front. Oh, totally. Well, and I, I'm sure we're going to talk about the other game, but like, like, uh, Kyrie Shelton kind of reminds me of Grand Zero, like what Shelton could be, because like Shelton had that great gazelle run at the end of the LAFC game, which we'll probably talk about later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it would be great to have someone like him on the team, like a solidified person, because it would help our defense as well. Just like you said, like if we had someone forcing the issue, you would never have to worry about this like counterattack that was just killing us. That counterattack was awful. It really was. It really was. As I mentioned, we kind of have a pretty slow defense to begin with. And I could say, luckily, at least in this match, they seemed a little bit more disciplined. They were getting beat, but not for being out of position. They were just getting burned, which, to be honest, if I want my defense beat some way, I would rather have them just be, you know, out-athleticized by the offense, if that's a word. I'm I'm going to um, not be blasphemous, but I, I'm going to um, be a little. Uh, I don't even know what I am, I'm, I'm going to be, but I now announce Tim Melia Saint Melia because Saint that Melia. dude that dude was angelic. <laughs> he was angelic for what our defense was giving Melia. My goodness, how is Melia still friends with Fontas? How is he still friends with Martins? I mean, if I'm Melia, I'm like, I gotta make a miracle again? Are you kidding me? So yeah, that that first half, man of the, I mean, man of the match, like for the entire match is Melia, but for that first half, Saint Melia. You know, we'll talk more about Melia moving on, uh, so put a pin in that. But just finishing out this next 15 minutes, there were another two great saves from our boy Tim Melia in the 34th minute. And by the 35th minute, it turns out we were outshot nine to nothing. Unbelievable. I mean, come on. Like, that's exactly why I thought we weren't going to win. And if you told someone at the 33rd minute, we won 2-0, yeah, right. Well, it's like how many games do we see as well where sporting, you know, outshoots the other team something like twenty-seven to eight, and we still yeah. lose one nothing. You know, it's like <laughs> is this what it feels well, like well, to play us? Well, well, you know, this is very cliche sporting where like the first half and second half are total jackal, jackal and hide. Like the second half of a match, they really turn it on. But that first half, it's not even that they're like trying to see what their punches are going to be. Kind of like the like Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs do that on purpose. Like they're 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 trying to see what's happening. And that's why we always trail in the first half. Yeah. Sporting just looks hopeless for some reason in the first half. And then they come back. Well, I mean. I don't even know if I would say they looked hopeless in the first half. It was just the story was the team speed. I think they were slower in reacting on almost every, uh, you know, contested ball. So every time there were two players going at it, the LA Galaxy player was coming through with it. After our first touches, were, which were admittedly fairly heavy throughout the match, the LA Galaxy player was always the first one to get in that ball and start a counterattack. So for those reasons, 
I'm going to say that after the second 15, I'm going to score it 10-9 Galaxy. Yep, fair. So moving forward into the third 15 minutes. Uh, in the 32nd minute, Shallowy straight up shoves Grand Zier from behind. Like he's, he's just tired of being burned. And it's like a full arm extension, you know, like stiff arm. We're talking like Derrick Henry was sitting there taking notes. He's like, nice, nice form. Yeah, you know, this is this is the like perfect um, climax or like summary of the game because because Shallowy is incredibly athletic. He's young, he's fast, but even himself, like Grand Zier just goes straight ahead and Shallowy is like, eh, screw it, I'm going to get a yellow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I get two of these, right? Oh, here's my mulligan. So, but yeah, you you can tell like Shallowy is so frustrated during this game or during this match, and it's it we're only at the thirty second minute, and Granzier is already in the head of of Sheldon. I mean, sorry, Shallowy, who is so young, so like maybe that counts. But but just to tell you of like the athleticism of Granzier was just amazing. Now, in the resulting free kick, there is another beautiful cross put into the box straight to the head of Zubak, who again burns the man marking him and it is just saved by Tim Melia. He is, as you said, Saint Melia. And as I alluded to Okay, no, no, I was going to say, I mean, and, and here's the reason why that was miraculous. I mean, well, and we're going to talk about the next minute, which was also miraculous, but like, but like Melia predicts it perfectly that it's going to be on his lower left side. And you don't know that in like, in like, actual in real time that's a split second decision so for him to predict i mean maybe he just guessed 50 50 was going to go to the left side but i mean it, it was a perfect prediction so miracle on 33rd minute miracle on 34th minute's about to happen as well continue well i mean as alluded to another two incredible saves in the 34th minute that i i have no idea how neither of those went in and the story of this third 15 is that we are just getting peppered shot after shot after shot. Outshot 9 nothing in the first 35 minutes. Then finally, a hard foul on Johnny Russell in the 48th minute. Started a small team scuffle. You know, there's some, uh, some tempers starting to flare over in the Sporting KC side. Luckily, you know, nothing too bad. They get them, you know, separated. Was this ultimately the turning point that maybe sparked us right before halftime? Um, maybe, but I also think going back to that 34th minute, I actually do call this miracle on 34th minute because Whoa! for, yeah, you like that one? I'm, I'm, I'm turning into referees and his quick takes. People here actually are telling me that, that I'm pretty quick with my jokes, which oh, yeah. I attribute to you, Reese, because, you know, we, we've been doing this podcast for a year plus, And if there's one thing I've learned, it's just to... I got to be quick with you, man. So it's it's finally working. Quick anyway, going back to Miracle on 34th minute. I mean, dude, like Grand Zier has a perfect window to shoot. Of course, he takes a shot like as hard as he can in between Melia. And Melia has these saintly tree trunk thighs that like <laughs> somehow stop it. And then somehow like single doink the post like that was amazing and that is my case for saint melia and i think that was a great resurgence for the team so i think that was the turning point okay that's fair that's fair now all things considered going through the third 15 minutes at halftime i'm gonna say after being just outgunned nine to one in the first half i'm grading that third 15 third 15 minutes that round goes at least 10 8 to the galaxy 
Sure. Yeah, I'll do that. Uh, probably 10-9 just because of the beautiful miracle in 34th minute. Big case in point, in the first 45 minutes of this match, LA Galaxy took the first three rounds pretty decisively. Pretty decisively. I'm, I'm not going to say that we looked like, you know, we were outclassed, but the better team on the night to that point certainly looked like LA Galaxy. Yep, absolutely. Crazy. Now, coming out of halftime, finally, finally, in the 51st minute, the turning point of the match happens, and I am, of course, talking about when Tutino says shallowy. <laughs> out of nowhere. After saying it wrong a couple times in the second half, even to that point, he says, Daniel shallowy, and I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Only for 20 seconds later, he goes back to saying, great play by shallowy. I did not catch that, but that's actually kind of hilarious. Oh, dude, it was... I don't know what it was. Nails on a chalkboard, eh, it's okay. Uh, other things make me cringe, but just like him saying shallowy, like throughout the whole match was like, ugh, it just got me every time. All things considered, we have reached the 60th minute, the fourth 15 minute quadrant, or can't say quadrant, it's not four things, fourth 15 minute period if you want. I'm still grading that round 10-9 to the Galaxy. Fairly uneventful, but we came out with a little bit more ball control. They didn't have as many near goal shot opportunities. I say 10-9. Yeah, um, sorry, let's backtrack really quick. Uh, you were talking about the first 15 minutes of the second half? Yep. So 45, what is that? 45 did we talk did, did I just miss the 56 minute? Did you talk about that? I did not. So you had 10 to 8 LAFC. Or sorry, LA, LA Galaxy. I had 10-9 LA Galaxy. 10-9, okay, yeah. I, You know what? I, I will also agree with that because of the 56th minute when Granzier gets that really good look on the lower right side of the post while Melia is like down from the previous play. Zussi out of nowhere oh. like is in the perfect position. So also, case for St. Zussi. Again, I know that's kind of blasphemous for me to like try to canonize these people, so I apologize for that. But, uh, but it was just like, like Zeus is in the perfect position and then he's over there in the right place and then like kicks it like far left out of bounds which is which was just an amazing uh, like a uh, series of fortunate events for Sporting KC so yeah 10-9 you can tell we're getting closer you can tell this momentum is going higher and then we get real right yes sir Moving forward into the 62nd minute, Grand Zier again sets up Vasquez, who is wide open at the top of the 18-yard box. Beautiful, beautiful shot attempt. Kicks yeah, just it just miss wide. It. Just, just misses it. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that really could have put the game away right there because he didn't look up. He really didn't pull his body up too much. He just kicked it wide. Yeah, this, this match definitely could have been 3-0 by this point, and... That's justifiable. It could have been 3-0 LA Galaxy. Again, I'll say, though, we keep getting beat by team speed, but ultimately we don't seem to be sucking wind. It just seems to be, right. you know, another 15-minute period, what we've seen before, long runs from LA Galaxy, finding the soft spots in our 4-3-3. So ultimately, yeah. I only graded this one 10-9 in favor of the Galaxy as well. Yeah, no, that's fair. And, and you know, th th you actually bring up a good point because at the end of the match, you can tell that, that they aren't, you know, gassed, which makes me think that maybe we lack in acceleration, which is a very specific skill set 
you know, like like Grand Grand Zier. Grand Zier can turn it on when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like our guys can't, but 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 they can still hang at the end. Like I've been watching some of this, um, you know, Copa. I, I forget what it is right now. Like Brazil and some other people are mm-hmm. playing. Yeah. Like you can tell at the end of these matches, these like international matches, people are gassed. Like they are absolutely gassed. But. It seems like during these matches, specifically these two, you're right. It's like we don't have this specific motor, and I don't, I don't know what the science is behind it. But you're right. Like, like we're not gassed, but we just don't have that extra tick, which pisses me off on the defense because that's that's literally what we need. If we have that tick on defense, if we have that extra gear. I mean, we're not going to be having these like, oh no, it could have been three nil. Well, it could have, would have, should have. As we pointed out, the defense played a little bit more disciplined tonight. It was mostly hats off to the coaching staff and the players of LAFC for finding the soft spots in our defense before this match, knowing where they wanted to harass, which tonight definitely seemed to be Fontas. You know, and yeah. again, we had Busio playing back in that sixth position in a, you know defensive midfield, but he doesn't have a whole lot of speed himself. You know, as great a vision yeah. as he has, he's a fairly slow guy. That's true. He's he's very methodical, and the the way that he's successful is just in in the way that he sees the 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 pitch. Exactly, exactly. So then, moving in to the final fifteen minutes of the game, slap your play by both teams. Sporting Kansas City finally showing a little bit more possession, a few more shot attempts on here, but the Galaxy are still looking with the better shot opportunities. Melia still making the saves of a lifetime doing what he does best finally in the 80th minute we have probably the best opportunity we'd seen all game and at that point i thought was probably the only opportunity we're going to see for the rest of the game first we have a beautiful header sent in by espinoza off the busio free kick it is saved brilliantly by galaxy's keeper and then the rebound wide open header off of the bar oh my gosh (laughs) Dude, I, I've seen, obviously a header is going to be more difficult than just like taking a shot off the ground. And I've seen some shots, you know, where guys get like an open net and he sends it over the crossbar. That stuff happens. This is about as fundamentally routine of a header as you could possibly ask for. Reese, I'm going to ask you a trivia question and I know you're going to get it. I really hope you get it. Hit me. What sporting event, not sporting as in, uh, as in sporting KC, but just general sports, what sporting event is this similar to that happened to a team of ours that we were on the other end of it hmm. where where it was uh some sort of action with the ball deflected and then a score are we talking there is one Royals? pivotal moment that you hate that you've talked about so many times. Oh my gosh! Are you- and 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 when I saw it, I was like, "Oh my gosh! This is what happened to blankety blank when blankety blank blankety blanked." Are you talking about Denard Robinson fumbling out of the end zone against the Saints? Nope. Am I in the right sport? Uh, you're in the right sport. That should give it away. This is this is one of you. You hate this moment in Chiefs history. Very recent Chiefs history. What? Is Come that? on, Reese. Come on. No, no. I'm gonna make you get it. Cause you. Okay. I'll. I'll explain a little further. He throws the ball, deflects, picks it up again. Touchdown. Who is it? 
Oh my gosh, the Marcus Mariota freaking... Marcus Mariota, this is the revenge of Kansas City. This is the Kansas City ghost coming back and making it right to us. Immediately when this happened to Russell, I was like, oh my gosh, Johnny Russell is Marcus Mariota with a deflection touchdown. Oh, thank heavens on that. (laughs) As you mentioned, on the ensuing restart of play, the defender tries to compensate from a lazy pass with a cut towards the inside. Johnny Russell intercepts takes a shot the blocked ball comes right back to him like Marcus Mariota a rainbow header over the keeper the front of the 18 yard box so after all we went through in that game with getting burnt on the outside with having basically no shot attempts all game we steal a one nothing lead in the 81st minute. Armando, what were your thoughts on that goal? Oh my god, I mean exactly what I what I just told you. It is the revenge of the Kansas City sports god saying, you know, I'm sorry about Marcus Mariota. Here is Johnny Russell. I mean, for Johnny to get it in the perfect place to get the headbutt to go into that that left post. I mean, that was a beautiful header. Something that I don't think I've I don't think I've ever seen that in soccer before international play or MLS so that was an amazing thing and such an honor to see as a Kansas City fan for Kansas City fans that was dope that would have been a really easy one to muff over the crossbar or just completely oh on. but keeping composure Johnny way to go fundamentals right there I mean if you if you want to do a Avengers quote What's the guy's name that predicts everything or can uh, he's a Doc, Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange? Yeah, I mean if like if Johnny Russell was Doctor Strange and he would have foreseen that, he was like I've been through this simulation a thousand times. It's only worked once. That is what that play was. Yeah, basically. Basically. <laughs> So moving forward, LA Galaxy doesn't have many doesn't have too many other attempts after that, seeing as we're already encroaching the 90th minute. Then finally, in the 95th minute of stoppage time, the ball finds Kyrie Shelton near midfield. He wins a foot race after putting on the Jets, puts the keeper on skates, and buries the dagger to nothing sporting. Final. No, th- sorry, this was the reference that I was making of Sheldon just looking like a gazelle and kind of looking like uh, Granzier there. I mean, he, yeah, you're right. He put on the Jets, does the fake. It's wonderful. A beautiful ending, a beautiful knot to our present. I love it. I love it. So Sporting Kansas City escapes LA Galaxy with a huge three points that catapults us to the top of the Western Conference table. Wow. I did not see this coming two weeks ago, especially after having that disappointing loss against Portland, especially not having Alan Pulido tonight. Now, I think if the Galaxy had Chicharito in this instance, maybe they could have used him to finish some of the shot attempts they had, but sure, you know, we can play this all day. If, if Chicharito is playing, I don't know if they utilize Grand Zier as much as they do. I don't know if they burn us around the outside as much as they do, if they try to have uh, Chicharito kind of Swiss Army knife us through the center. You know... You know, hot take, Mondo. Chicharito's Chicharito, but Melia is still Melia. So you give me uh, even a B plus Chicharito, Melia was going to bring it, and 
It was beautiful. Well, it's fair to talk about Amelia in those regards because I think we've seen a drastic contrast, like a tale of two teams from the beginning of the season when we didn't have Amelia available, and we really started taking it to teams and winning a lot of these games we would have lost earlier on now that Tim Amelia is back. So if you want to talk about an MVP for this team so far, I know Daniel Shallowy is the sexy pick. Alan Pulido is the obvious pick. It might be Tim Melia. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. This this team is a total 180 with Melia there, and it really masks the errors and the faults of our defense that just still over and over again is just proving that we have a lot of work to do there. But even with that, we're, we're in first place still. With all that, you know, I don't even know where we would rank our defense or, or where we would put maybe a letter grade on defense, but it's definitely poor, right? It's definitely in the in the C to D range at, at the least. Ouch. So for Melia to bring us to that first place, that, that golden road, I mean, hats off to him, absolutely MVP. Well, speaking of Golden Road, I think maybe it's time for us to crack some victory beers in celebration. So when we return, get ready for this week in craft beer on Fountain City Sports Media. It's everyone's favorite time of the podcast. I'm, of course, talking about this week in craft beer. The part of the show where we talk about a story in craft beer and then we review a delicious craft beer using our now patented five-point grading scale. This week, Armando has done the research for us. Is going to win the beer Pulitzer. Armando, what story do you have to share with us this week? Sure. Well, to preface it, um, happy 4th of July weekend or those that just celebrated 4th of July uh, thank you to those that have served our country. In fact, I'm I'm doing a uh, a military opera out here in Glimmerglass, so oh, awesome. so it all kind of ties together. And to tie with that, we're going to talk about an article that I just read recently about the Aspen Beer Company, uh, who is partnering with a company called Made Here Beer. Now, the reason why I chose this is because uh, I actually celebrated my 21st birthday at the Aspen Beer Company. Did you really? In Aspen, Colorado. Yeah, I was doing a program out there when I was 21. And I will... I'm not allowed to share a lot of details from that day, but what I can share is that when I got there, they were like, it's your 21st birthday. You know what? Beer's on us. And I was like, oh my gosh. So they were like, so they, you know, they said I could, well, actually I have to preface the story. So before we went to Aspen Beer Company, I went to this like really grungy dive bar in aspen like aspen actually does have some dive bars that are affordable so i had you know a few beers before i got there so i was feeling pretty good and the people at aspen beer company was like you can get any beer you want except for the double stouts oh my god they're like all right so what do you want and me i don't know why i did it like honestly i probably just wasn't paying attention and i was like i'll have the double stout <laughs> and they just kind of looked at me and they're like eh, whatever <laughs> so they like went ahead and like tapped it for me and you know those of you that are not 21 and maybe in your 30s or closer to your 30s like like reese and myself uh we we can't have as much as we had when we were 21 oh, man i must have had six or seven stouts and ipas combined oh my gosh night combined that night and i was i mean okay i was obviously not feeling great but i mean 
after like three IPAs at home, I'm already feeling way sicker than I felt that night, which I always find a very funny story. Anyway, so Aspen Brewing Company is near and dear to my heart. So anyway, when I saw this, Aspen Beer Company has um, partnered with Scott Eastwood, son oh, yeah. of Clint Eastwood, on this. Um, on this, because did you know, ninety percent of beer made in America um, has some component of a foreign product in it. So it could be the hops from Australia, or it could be you know something from the cans. Mm-hmm. It could be from another country. Um, so a study that this article did, the Aspen Times, said that 90% of beer has some sort of foreign component that's made in America. So the Made Here beer brand is 100% um, all made. We're talking from the hop, from the brewing process, from the kettle, to the can, to the labels. Everything is American made. Wow. Um, so check it out. Made Here Beer. They've partnered with Aspen Brewing Company. Um, so they have, I think, a, a golden ale. They have an IPA and they also have a stout. Um, so happy 4th of July for those of you that want an all-American product. This looks pretty cool. And Scott Eastwood is a part of it. So his dad's pretty good. Dude, Scott Eastwood is a pretty handsome dude, if I may say so myself. <laughs> I mean, he's an actor, but have have I seen him in anything? What what would I have seen Scott Eastwood in? I, I think he directs more than he acts. I couldn't name you any of his films, but it's just like it's funny. He looks like I don't know someone cloned Clint Eastwood. Now the clone is you know approaching his mid thirties. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, he's actually done a ton of. I just look really quick. So he did Gran Torino with his dad. He was in Gran Suicide Torino. Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. He did Snowden. Um, Pacific Rim? Who's he Pacific Whoa. Rim? No, no, he directed it. Oh. Like, those were his films. No, Guillermo del Toro did Pacific Rim. Did he, like, co-produce or something? Oh. Did he, did he edit his own Wikipedia page? He's, like, taking all these different, like, <laughs> writing and directing credits. Gladiator, yeah. Matrix 1, Matrix 2. I, that's what it says right here. His notable... Oh, so maybe he was an actor in it. Maybe, yeah, you're right. Maybe he was. Go figure. Uh, yes, Pacific Rim. He was Nathan Lambert. Really? How did I not know that? I am turning in my geek card for the night for not knowing that. Yeah, dude, you're a super geek. Oh, How man. do you not? I've, I've never seen Pacific Rim, so I can't attest. Well, I mean, in that film, he's fighting kaijus. Now he's making juicy IPAs. So, Armando, you are the one in charge of viewing a beer tonight. I know you have something special planned. What will you be sipping on tonight? Again, to preface the story or to preface what we're doing here, Reese was so generous to send me a box full of beers, uh, which I actually even... I haven't even opened. I'm so excited. But the one that I did open... Uh, today I will be reviewing when I'm I'm very excited to do it is Boulevard Brewing's pint size Hawaiian pizza party tiki IPA. Yeah, holy man. moly! It's an IPA brewed with pineapple, mango, and vanilla beans. Yeah, baby, it's pretty fun beer. It's fun to drink. Tiki beers, which are really is why I, I don't. Now. I don't think I've ever had a tiki beer or an IPA that is brewed with the actual like fruits that are noted, right? So normally you'll have a, a citra IPA or something that has notes of these things. But if I'm not mistaken, this IPA is actually brewed with these fruits. Is that right? 
Brewing with real ingredients is a big thing right now. You know, it's. Uh, I don't think I've ever had that. Well, I mean, I've had like fruited sours, but I don't think I've had a fruit IPA. Yeah. Well, I mean, fun fact: didn't didn't Courtney from Service Brewing say that she's brewed like cake stouts by adding like an entire box of like cake mix to the word? Oh, that's point? right. Yep. Oh yeah. I mean, I've had some funky. I mean, I worked at Weldwork, so I had some funky stouts. But IPA wise, I don't think I've ever had a blended IPA. Well, anyway, using our patented five point system, we grade beers on a scale of one to ten judging the appearance the aroma the flavor the mouthfeel and the aftertaste so if you're paying attention at home the first one up is going to be appearance armando what does that beer look like to you all right so this beer pouring in a glass really quick you know, this this beer, you can't really see much through it. I mean, this one is super hazy. You're, I mean, it's it's very golden as well. Uh, but man, I mean, this, this is a hazy guy. And I would assume, you know, you get some of that fruit. I'm sure, you know, the fruit is going to cloud it as well as the type of IPA and type of hops that you're putting in it. So yeah, really cool. Um, let's see. I'm going to give it... How about how about an eight point nine? Ooh, you like the way this beer looks, then? Oh, to oh, totally. All right, all right, I'm all about that. Eight point nine sounds good. All right, then moving on to number two. Uh, as the unnamed fourth brother of the Sniff Bros, give that beer a sniff and let me know what the aroma <laughs> and how it goes. Also, but, but be. Before I do a sniff, what, is it the first time in uh, Found City Sports uh, media history that someone gave the beers like fives and sixes like Noah did last week? Oh, dude, Noah <laughs> came out swinging. He was looking to start dude. some international conflicts with that beer. <laughs> There's going to be an international incident. But yeah, I was like, I was like, this dude is bold. He's using his own Dewey Decimal system and he's doing sixes on this pod. My goodness. Kyle was already mad at me for doing eights. Yeah, man. Maybe we're too maybe we're too lenient on beers. Maybe we need to be we need to be bad boys. <laughs> well, so far this one's good. So here we go. <laughs> All right. Oh man, I'm getting I'm getting a, a funky pineapple on that one. I think what's fun is that you have the pineapple that's really prominent, and with um, with IPAs that don't have you know actual pineapple additives in it, you get a sense of it but this is like straight pineapple as as though they put the pineapple in it so that's really cool but not only do you have that but then you can smell the hop and kind of that dankness that hopefully i'm going to taste uh you can smell that blended in with the pineapple so that's why i categorize it as a funky pineapple um but it's cool i like that smell how about an 8.3 okay i like these two eight grades going on forward i like it i like it all right, so now for the best category, the favorite category of the favorite oh, part yeah. of the podcast, flavor. Oh, wow. Wow, that, you know, that almost tastes like a like a fruited sour. And it, not that it's sour, but the, there's so much sugar to it. I mean, what the the fruits that they put in it, the the pineapple, mango and vanilla beans, I don't know what the what the chemistry is on like sugar when you put it in and like how much sugar is retained, mm -hmm. but I mean that is that is an incredibly sugary IPA. But I I love that. I mean I you know on this podcast I love things that are really sugary. Uh, let me try it one more time. So yeah, I get a ton of sugary pineapple. 
Yeah, it's a lot of that fructose from the fruit in there. Yeah, you know what? I don't get a lot of that dankness, though, and that's so strange. It's almost like you're drinking... Um, like a like a pineapple juice cocktail. It's almost like you're having like a pineapple juice with the gin or like Seagrams or something. Um, I can't really taste any IPA quality um, on that taste initially, which is so strange. But that makes it dangerously crushable. Um, so for that, let me give it a eight point one. Yeah. Speaking of eight point one and being dangerously crushable, don't look at the ABV on that. I just saw it. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, it is 6.8. <laughs> yeah. So and then this is just a single IPA, and it's already hovering 7. And it's a tall boy, so, you know, it's that is dangerously crushable on a very hot day. All right, so we are running straight 8s right now, moving into Category 4, mouthfeel, with all that extra fruit that was brewed into the beer and given kind of like the high sweet content of it what's the mouthfeel like on that beer you know mouthfeel is actually very light and i i enjoy that um what is this so like if you think of like a like a carbonated pineapple juice drink is kind of what i'm getting here um and i don't get a lot of carb when i when i do the taste but i get a lot of carb on the mouthfeel which i like because it makes it fresh it makes it almost like a seltzer like you kind of get the seltzer mouthfeel very light juxtaposed with the heaviness of the sweetness um, is actually really cool i enjoy that let's do a straight nine for that Ooh, all right getting a straight nine on mouthfeel you know, mouthfeels don't necessarily get all the love and the high grades that some of the other categories do in our beer reviews, it seems. So, I think getting nine is pretty dang good. Pretty good, pretty good. All right, category number five, aftertaste. Being such a unique beer with different unique ingredients and brewing methods in there, what's the aftertaste like on there? Aftertaste is nice. Aftertaste is very similar to the taste. There's not too much different. If there is, I kind of get some of the hop now on the aftertaste. Uh, it's still very faint. It's something that I'm kind of reaching for. Um, it's very similar to the taste, though. I mean, a ton of pineapple. Pineapple is actually probably my favorite fruit, so that's probably why I love it. Oh, Ooh, you know what? Now that I'm thinking of vanilla... Yep. Okay. Okay. Maybe a little more vanilla now than than on the than on the front half, um, but yeah. I mean, a wonderful taste. How about an eight point eight for this one? Eight point eight aftertaste. Right on. <laughs> I, I agree with you. When I have that beer at the beer hall every now and again, you know, there is a little bit more hoppiness to be found in the back. It's a very good IP. Do you guys have this tapped? We have it tapped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's in it's in the beer hall. I would love to have that tapped. Actually, it's it's pretty fresh. Not gonna lie, we serve that in eleven ounce pours. I, I do think it's interesting. I'm a huge pineapple guy myself, and adding the vanilla bean in there, it's like you're already two-thirds of the way to pina colada right there. It's like you just need coconut, right? Right. Coconut. Yeah, and, 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 and I think because vanilla bean is so similar to coconut, I, you, you kind of can reach for it if you wanted to. Yeah, they sure have a lot of, uh, share a lot of similarities right there. All right, so the secret sixth category that's not so secret if you've ever heard this podcast before, but the big stonks drinkability quotient, the BDQ, the wild card. 
What do you grade that beer? Well, you know what? You know what, Reese? This this beer is wild on its own. Like I said, never had a tiki IPA, never had an IPA that's blended with fruit. Um, pretty wild for, for my taste. So I think for that, for the style of the beer, that it feels crushable, even though it's 6.8, it's not a double, but it's kind of hovering in that seven range double. Um, I think that's pretty cool, pretty unique. You know, those that are in Kansas City, go to the beer hall and try this beer. It's very unique, even if you don't like IPA. I think you would really like it. Uh, yeah, how about you know what? How about an eight point nine? Eight point nine. Okay, so all things considered, a pretty favorable beer review from Armando on the pint-sized Hawaiian Pizza Party IPA, Tiki IPA, Tiki IPA. Go get it. Yeah, dude. If you want to warm up your patter singing for Papageno, it's like just say the title of that beer like five times in a row. <laughs> Well, ladies and gentlemen, normally we have a third segment to our show, but unfortunately this week Armando and I are both very busy gentlemen, so we need to cut it a little bit short this evening. But stay tuned, we got more awesome Fountain City Sports Media action coming up for you. We got some beer or we got some brewer interviews in the works right now, kind of sitting in the fermentation tank. Hopefully we'll get those up and running for you anytime soon. But before we go, Armando, any last words you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, no. I mean, it, for all our Sporting KC fans there that are listening, I mean, enjoy this moment. It's it's a beautiful moment. Just wait till Polito comes back. Looks like Busio is Busio's still here. So, man, Busio, Polito. I mean, I'm sure we're going to talk about later about a playoff run. But in, enjoy this moment. This, this is looking great for Sporting KC, especially juxtaposed with the Royals. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, a, it's a great time to be a Sporting KC fan, at least. It's getting you through July, and before you know it, we'll be talking Chiefs training camp. Oh, yeah. Stay tuned. We're ready. I'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese, and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. Fountain City Sports Media.